Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hey everybody, Paul Gray here. Thanks for joining me for another edition of Grace to All. I'm going to let you in on a secret today. There are a couple of words that if you grew up in a religious setting don't mean what you were told they meant. (laughs) Actually, pretty much every word. But here are two in particular, righteous or righteousness and wholeness. And here's the secret. Both of those words are relational words, and they have nothing to do with behavior. The word righteousness comes from the Anglo-Saxon word right-wiseness, wise in that which is right. In Greek, the word for righteousness is diakosuni, from dike, that which is right. It is a relationship word and refers to two parties finding likeness in each other. Righteousness points to harmony in relationship. Francois de Toit, in his comments on 2 Corinthians 6.14 in the Mirror Translation, says that faith righteousness has nothing in common with the pagan philosophies of karma and performance-based approval. They could never balance the scales or be evenly yoked together in any context. Righteousness, he says, is a relationship word, not a performance word. It refers to two parties finding likeness in each other. Righteousness means becoming aware that you are already right with God. I don't know if that's what you were taught righteousness was when you were growing up or ever even heard the word before. But if you've been in religious settings, you've heard it, and you heard something different. I want to look at Ephesians 2, verse 7 to start with today. This, again, is from the Mirror Translation. In a single triumphant act of righteousness, God saved us from the guttermost to the uttermost. Here we are now, revealed in Christ in the highest possible position of bliss, If man's sad history could not distract from the extravagant love of God, imagine how God is now able for timeless perpetuity, or the eternal future, to exhibit the trophy of the wealth of his grace demonstrated in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Grace exhibits excessive evidence of the success of the cross. The cross was successful, totally and completely successful for all mankind. Ephesians 2.8, your salvation is not a reward for good behavior. It was a grace thing from start to finish. You had no hand in it. Even the gift to believe simply reflects his faith. By grace, you are 
exclamation point. Saved by the gift of faith, grace reveals who we are, and the faith of God persuades us of it. You didn't invent faith. It was God's faith to begin with. It is from faith to faith. God is both the source and the conclusion of faith. And Hebrews 12, 2 tells us that Jesus is the author and perfecter of faith. Other verses say there is only one faith, the faith of God, the faith of Christ. Ephesians 2, 9. If your salvation, if you're being made right with God, if you're being made whole, sozo, could be accomplished through any action of yours, then there'd be ground for boasting. But it wasn't through any action of yours. Righteousness has no part to do with our actions or performance-based religious concepts. Righteousness is a pure relational gift from God. Gifts come from relationship. People who are in relationship give gifts to each other. Righteousness is a relational term, and it references the gift of righteousness or being made right with God. You weren't made right with God sometime after you were born when you prayed a prayer asking to be made right with God. You were made right with God when you were made. Think about that. When you were made by God, you were made right with God, and you never changed. You may have thought you changed. I sure did. I didn't think I was right with God when I was growing up, when I was a pastor for 20 years. You know why I didn't think I was right with God? Because religious people told me I wasn't right with God. Now, they were well-meaning. They were just misinformed. They were just parroting what they'd been taught by their parents and their parents and their parents and their parents, all the way back to Adam and Eve, really. Now, there have been some people along the line who have known the difference, but religion has tried to keep them quiet and did a good job of it until the Internet came along. (laughs) You were made right with God before the beginning of time. That's what your book says. That's what Scripture says in the first chapter of Ephesians, in the first chapter of Colossians. <clears throat> Look at what Paul wrote to Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 12, 2. The Spirit proceeding from God unveils the gifts of His generosity. One of those is righteousness. He has graced us with understanding. He's given us the understanding now so that we may know what he's always had in mind for us. This is so unlike the secular spirit of the wisdom of the world where everything has a price tag. Everything is performance-based in the world, especially in the world of religion. Now, there are some things in the world, in life, that have to be based on performance, but never our relationship with God. That's something that religion has taken from the world and applied to God when God never intended to be. God has graced us with understanding so that we can know what he always had in mind for us. Christ is the unveiling of the mystery of God's wisdom, going on in 1 Corinthians 12 too. Now we know how God redeemed our righteousness and our wholeness in Christ. We never lost it, but we thought we did. 
or thought we never even had it. It was only in our minds, only perpetuated by the world's dark system of the doctrines of men. Another term for that is religion. We were taught that we were not righteous and we were not whole, not holy. And so God had to redeem our understanding of that. In God's economy, Christ represents us. What mankind could never achieve through personal discipline and willpower, as taught in every religion, God's faith accomplished in Christ. Of his design are we in Christ. We are associated with oneness in him. Our wisdom is sourced in this union. Also, our righteousness and holiness originate from God. Boy, what a passage of scripture that is. Righteousness and holiness originate from God, and they are gifts to us, relational gifts. Now, again, I don't know about you. I hope this wasn't true for you. It certainly was for me and for a lot of people. But I was taught, again, by well-meaning but misinformed people, that holiness was a characteristic of God, and so was righteousness, meaning that God was pure, squeaky clean, morally untouchable, and he couldn't stand to be around anybody or anything that wasn't like him. Gosh, I wonder if he knew that in advance. I wonder why he created us, knowing in advance he'd create billions of people he couldn't stand to be around. Hmm. Because it's not true. (laughs) It's not true. Righteousness and holiness do not mean what we were taught. Yes, God is righteous and God is holy. And yes, so are we. Back in the Old Testament days, Isaiah said he saw God and he said, holy, holy, holy. He wasn't stuttering. He wasn't saying forth the words to be written in a Christian hymn decades later. I believe he was looking at Father, Son, and Holy Spirit when he saw God. He didn't realize there were three. And he said, holy, holy, holy. That's what the word holy means. It means relationally perfect. Always doing what's best for the other person. Never taking credit for anything. Doing everything in relationship perfectly. That means, you know, no lying, cheating, no backbiting, no slandering, you know, nothing like that. No taking credit for what somebody else did. That's what wholeness is. Holiness, Francois Dutoit says in the footnotes here, holiness equals wholeness and harmony of someone's spirit, soul, and body. Our redemption is sanctioned in Christ. He redeemed our identity, our sanity, our health, our joy, our peace, our innocence, and our complete well-being. Then he says to see his note on 1 Corinthians one thirty, which says, Of God's doing are we in Christ. He's both the genesis and genius of our wisdom, a wisdom that reveals, here's what God's wisdom is in us, a wisdom that reveals how righteous, sanctified, and redeemed we already are in Christ. None of those terms Righteous, sanity, health, joy, peace, innocent, complete well-being, which is sozo, the word we translate salvation. None of those come from anything to do on our part. We don't ask for them. We didn't have a vote in it. We don't request it. We don't earn it or merit it. It was all done 
before the beginning of time. It was all a gift from God. Now, when we understand that righteous and holiness, wholeness, are relational terms, that means, among other things, there's no need for any doctrines that tell you how to get right with God, because you already are. No need for any dogmas. No need for, we've got the only way to get to God, and you have to do it this, and you have to do that, and you have to... None of that stuff. No man-made concepts. Any basis of teaching that is contrary to how Jesus lived and acted, anything that's contrary to God not being good, pure, agape love, unconditional love, pure light, no darkness, no punishment, no judgment, no rejection, no fear, anything that's contrary to that is a no thing. It's actually antichrist. Another term for it is religious. Any teaching that says God operates on a performance relationship-based level, in other words, you've got to perform a certain way to have relationship with God, is simply not true. It's a lie. It's evil to teach that. It's misrepresenting the character of God. That's why the gospel is such good news. The gospel is the good news that Jesus revealed that what people had thought God was like, that you could only get a right relationship with him based on what you did, was not true. It's good news. It's not true. John 16, 10, Jesus said this night before he died. Again, this is the passion. Jesus is talking to the disciples, the people who are there. He said, in this, he's just said, you know, we're union, we're one together. He said, in this union with you, the great companion will also convince the world of righteousness, not convict, convince the world of righteousness. Jesus said, because in my disappearing out of sight to be face to face with the Father, the spirit of truth will interpret the conclusion of my mission, which is mankind's association in me and their redeemed innocence. The intimate union with my Father that I displayed while present with you in my physical body will now be made visible in you. You want to see Christ today? Look at somebody who knows they are one with Jesus, Papa, and Grace, who knows that this was all a grace gift, who knows that it was done before the beginning of time, who has no fear of death, who has no worry, who lives and experiences peace and joy, love, unconditional love. Verse 11 in John 16, Jesus said, Then the world will be convinced that the judgment that was their due, what we thought we deserved, was accomplished when the ruler of this world system was judged. The ruler of this world system, let me tell you, the world system is religion. Any dark belief that God is not good, that God is not pure love, that God is not pure light, that God is distant, separate, keeping a list of people's wrongs, that you have to do things to get right with him, that their version of how to get right with God is the only right one. All of those things are part of the world's system of darkness, and it has nothing to do with Jesus or the only true God. All right, and I'm going to bring this to a conclusion in just a minute. We've talked about how 
relationship words, righteousness and wholeness, and of course, love, they're all good things. They're relationship things. They have nothing to do with performance. In Romans chapter 1, Apostle Paul says, I, Paul, passionately engaged by Jesus Christ, identified in him to represent him. I'm the one writing this letter. He says, my mandate and my message is to announce the goodness of God to all mankind. Folks, that's my message. This is Paul Gray speaking. My mandate and my message is to announce the goodness of God to mankind, to tell the good news that people are already right with God. They've already been made whole. It happened before they were born. It's true now, and it always will be true. That's good news. And I would imagine that you and anybody and everybody who comes to understand that, that's what we want to tell people too. 2 Corinthians 6, 14 is my last scripture today. Faith righteousness, which is the kind of righteousness that comes from the faith of Christ. In other words, when we know that it's Christ's faith that made us righteous before the beginning of time, faith righteousness has nothing in common with the philosophies of karma and performance-based approval. They could never balance the scales or be evenly yoked together in any context. I know I'm beating a dead horse to death here, (laughs) but this is my whole point today. And it is such good news. It's such an expression of good news. I so want you to know this and to live this and to be able to share it with other people. There is no bad news in the good news. God is relational from the beginning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Holy, holy, holy. They are all about relationship. God is a relational, loving Father. That's what Jesus came to reveal to the world 2,000 years ago because nobody knew it until then. Even in the Hebrew Scriptures, There was no talk, there was no mention, there was no teaching by the rabbis and the extra-biblical documents that God was relational or that God was a father. It, It was God was a judge. That's what they wanted. They wanted God to be a judge, to judge them, just to give tell them what to do, and they'd do it, and then God could judge them as righteous because of what they had done. Well, God submitted to their desire and gave them, gave Moses the Ten Commandments, and then Moses came along with another 613, and by the time Jesus was here, the the Pharisees, the religious leaders, had come up with another 2,000 laws to go with that. Everything they did, everything that religion was about was performance-based. You please God by doing this. You displease God by doing that. You please God, you're going to get blessed. You displease God, you're going to get cursed. Jesus made a big point out of saying, at the cross, did away with the curse. And we were never cursed by God. We were only cursed in our mind because we believed what religion told us. We've heard the good news now. We've heard the good news that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are relational. They are love, pure, unconditional love for all people. Their grace covers everything and everybody. God is pure light with no trace of darkness. God has included everybody. Jesus died for everybody. We're all in. We're all one with Christ. Christ is in us. We're in Christ. Most people don't know that. 
I'd been a pastor for over 20 years before I got that revelation. But that's what we're doing now is we're sharing this good news. Now, as I mentioned earlier, some people, there have been little pockets of people. Well, actually, the first church, you know, about 80% of the first church, they believed that. It wasn't until ensuing years after that first generation of the church that when Rome got involved and then when Rome made Christian the official religion and the emperor started being in bed with the Catholic Church and all of that. Prior to that, people were so excited about the good news, and their lives showed it. In everything they did, they showed it. Then, when it got perverted, their lives didn't show it anymore. They were no longer known by love. They were known by what they were against and who they judged and who they condemned and who they said was no good. And that has gone on for some 17, 1800 years now. But there have been pockets of people all along who didn't go along with that. They've written about it. They've been parts of little communities that religion has done its best to extinguish. But now, because of the Internet, they can't extinguish it anymore. We're learning about these little pockets all over the world. And it's exploding. And people are using the term deconstructing, and religion has gone nuts about the deconstructing thing, calling people heretics and liars and false teachers and all this kind of stuff to protect their little domain. It's changing, folks. It's changing all over the world. It's a big-time change. It's a good change. A grace culture is being built worldwide now, and we're in on the ground floor. It's a pretty cool thing. Thank you all so much for being with me for another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. If you haven't yet, I hope you'll consider getting a copy of my new book, Grace to All, same name as the podcast. In it, I profile little two-page articles about 85 of the people that I've interviewed over the years and how you can get in contact with them and connect with them on the internet, on social media, watch their videos and stuff like that, and get uh, exposed to more and more of these little communities all around the world. And all the proceeds from that go to help single parents and their kids, uh, both financially and spiritually and relationally. So, Thanks again, everybody. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to uh, whether you're listening on uh, a podcast or watching on YouTube and put some comments on. Like it if you like it. Uh, that drives up the algorithm so more people will be pointed to it. Appreciate you being with me. I love you all. See you all next time on Grace to All with Paul Gray. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.